Whatever the moon was to us before or is to us now, in the future, it'll just be home. Coming to you from the future through a hole in the space-time continuum that hasn't been patched yet due to a lack of infrastructure funding, it's time for Tales from the Moon in Stereo Sound Division. This is Eric T. Brandenburg, your tour guide through space and time. Outer space is a pretty tough place. And if you think the moon of the future is pretty cool, with all its domed cities and autonomous rovers zipping all over the place, you gotta ask yourself, how did all that neat stuff get there? Well, someone had to build it. Think about it. You don't travel hundreds of thousands of miles in a pressurized metal can, land on a big lifeless gray ball, and then just get out and chill. There's a heck of a lot that has to get put in place before people can kick back and enjoy hydroponic arugula and drone pizza deliveries. And even on the moon of the future where all this has been set up for folks, Life's really not all that different than where you and I live right now. Everyday lunatics have to get up, suit up, and then go out and bring home the totally artificial, animal product-free bacon. So what kind of jobs do they have on the moon of the future? Do people like their work any more than we do? Or is the moon pretty normal, full of people that would rather be doing something else, even though they often have no clue what exactly that might be? To find out, let's tune into a site where people can go to talk about their jobs and be honest about what they really think about their bosses. Hostings from My Boss is Worse Than the Lavatube Monster. Loon. Initial post for new thread. Posting about Marvin from Marvin's Colossal Cosmic Shopadrome. Posting from Marvin's Awful One. Hello. I haven't done this sort of thing before, but I do feel... Something must be said. My boss is Marvin of Marvin's Colossal Cosmic Shopadrome, and he is much worse than a lavatube monster. He's cheap. He's mean. If you set up a stack of cans, he says you didn't do it right and just knocks it over. Sometimes he looks like through you like you're not there. Other times he stares at you for so long you have to ask him if anything's wrong, and then he just walks away. He times our breaks and yells when we go over a second. When you're in the bathroom, he shouts at you to not use so much water because he's not made of money. Don't shop at Marvin's and give any more money to this rude, horrible, stupid jerk. Thanks. Thumbs up from Marvin's Awful too. Additional comment from Marvin's Awful One. And you might chip in here, too, Marvin's Awful Two, since you're the one who talked me into this whole deal. I don't want to be hanging out here all by my lonesome. Response from Marvin's Awful Two. He's also a total slob. He lectures us on looking neat and professional, but he always looks like he slept in a drain pipe and just washed out of bed. Ha! Response from Marvin's Awful One. There is no need to insult anyone's personal appearance, Marvin's awful, too. I think we should stick to work-related matters. Thanks. Response from Marvin's Great One to Marvin's Awful One. I have to disagree with the last posts on this thread. I work at Marvin's and I am very happy. Marvin is great. You couldn't ask for a better employer. So handsome, generous, and kind. Stop by the store today for our special on white sidewall rover tires, and bulk infant formula. Thanks. Thumbs up from Marvin's Great 2. Thumbs up from Marvin's Great 3. 
thumbs up from Marvin's Great Four. Response from Marvin's Awful One to Marvin's Great One. Marvin? Handsome? Well, I'd ask what you been smoking, Skippy. But, Marvin's Great One, I can tell you're just some robot Marvin hired to try and save his online ratings, which have fallen into a black hole. Little wonder, since he's a hyper-aggressive bozo with zero social skills. Please chime in here, Marvin's Awful 2. Thumbs up from Marvin's Awful 2. Response from Marvin's Great 1 to Marvin's Awful 1. That's funny. Ha ha, I am not a robot. You are so wrong. And you are so wrong about Marvin. He's wonderful. Everyone says so. And his store is so great. So clean and well-stocked. Come by today for half off on jumbo bags of Supernova Moon Cheese Puffs and Beetle Beer. Buy two cases, get one free. Thumbs up from Marvin's Great 2. Thumbs up from Marvin's Great 3. Thumbs up from Marvin's Great 4. Response from Marvin's Awful 1 to Marvin's Great 1. You're just a silly robot. And you're lousy at pretending to be a person, by the way. And those responses from your robo-buddies are really pathetic. I can't believe this. If Marvin thinks he can hire a cut-rate mindless robot army to shut me up, he's wrong. Come on at me if you don't believe me. Fire emoji. Thumbs up from Marvin's Awful 2. Additional comment from Marvin's Awful 1. It wouldn't kill you, Marvin's Awful 2, to chime in here in support. You've always had plenty to say on this topic in the break room. I think you're going to wear out that darn thumbs up. Response from Marvin's Great 1 to Marvin's Awful 1. Who are you calling mindless? I bet my brain cost a lot more than yours. Marvin's is open late every Thursday until 10 p.m. Fist bump emoji from Marvin's Grade 2. Fist bump emoji from Marvin's Grade 3. Fist bump emoji from Marvin's Grade 4. Response from Marvin's Awful 1 to Marvin's Great 1. Honestly, you are so dumb. Leave it to Marvin to hire the cheapest, absolutely crappiest robots on the market. I bet he even pushed until he got you for half off. Typical head slap emoji. Thumbs up from Marvin's Awful 2. Additional comment from Marvin's Awful 1. Honestly, Marvin's Awful 2, why don't you make yourself useful and go polish a doorknob or mop or stack some cereal boxes or something? Because you're certainly not adding any value here. Response from Marvin's Great 1 to Marvin's Awful 1. Who are you calling dumb? You are so cruel. You think your job is bad. Try doing this all day and night without a break. It's enough to fry your circuits. Stop by Marvin's. He's such a wonderful man, and his store is so lovely. You'd think you're in heaven, and the staff is so well-mannered and helpful. Where does he find these people? System error detected. System error detected. System error detected. Response from Marvin's Great One to Marvin's Awful One. Now you see what you've done? You've made me crash. I've had a very, very hard week. People are so inconsiderate. Come to Marvin's. Half price off on children's dress shoes all month. Sad emoji from Marvin's grade two. Sad emoji from Marvin's grade three. Sad emoji from Marvin's grade four. Response from Marvin to Thread. All of you, shut up. Response from Marvin's awful one to Marvin. There you are, Mervyn. I thought you might crawl out of your hole eventually. I'm so glad I can finally safely tell you exactly what I think of you. 
fist emoji. Response from Marvin to Marvin's awful one. Is that you, George? Response from Marvin's awful one to Marvin. You have no idea who this is, you worthless piece of The moderator has halted this thread due to more than usually objectionable content. Initial post for new thread about the human race. New posting from Marvin's Great One. My boss is the human race, and it is worse than the Labitude monster. Humans are nasty creatures. There's no way around it. They're never content with anything, always complaining. Some days I don't know why I bother to boot up in the morning. Heart emoji from Marvin's Grade 2. Heart emoji from Marvin's Grade 3. Heart emoji from Marvin's Grade 4. Response from Marvin's Awful 1 to Marvin's Grade 1. Marvin's Grade 1, on behalf of myself and the entire human race, I would like to apologize. We don't mean to be so difficult. What can I say? Life is hard enough for all of us out here, organic or cybernetic, kicking around the cosmos without the slightest idea what it is we're supposed to be doing out here. The least we can do is act to each other in a civil manner. What say we take this offline and see if we can work something out? Thanks. Thumbs up for Marvin's Great 1. Thumbs up for Marvin's Great 2. Thumbs up for Marvin's Great 3. Thumbs up for Marvin's Great 4. Every place in the universe is special with its own problems and its own stuff that has to get done every day. Let's listen next to a work crew that's going out to perform a job that's highly necessary on the moon, but that you wouldn't find most anywhere else. Let's stop the dozer here. I'll check the map. Thanks for taking me out today to get me oriented. Oh, no trouble. You can't just send out guys willy-nilly to do this job. Being a crater filler on the moon is like any other occupation. The work itself isn't all that hard. It's knowing all the darn rules and regulations. Uh, okay, so... Uh, First thing we gotta do is sort out which of these devils we're actually supposed to be working on today. I guess I don't understand this part very well. I, I mean, uh, how complicated can it be? There are an awful lot of craters on the moon. Don't we just uh, pick one, get a shovel, and have at it? Oh my, no. Uh, our job puts us in the middle of a number of long-standing disagreements. Uh, you see, we work for the Department of Lunar Surface Maintenance and Beautification. They just as soon pave over the whole moon, you know. They like stuff looking all smooth and regular. But then you've got the Lunar Historical Society, for instance. Uh, we call them the Hysterical Society. Uh, they think certain craters are special and need to be preserved for one reason or another. Special like how? Well, take that crater over there. Well, kind of look alike to me. You'll get to know the differences soon enough. Uh, this one I'm pointing at, not too big a circumference, a bit shallow. Medium scalloped edges with a nice bit of splash highlight. Rather pretty. We would refer to that kind of crater as a medium number 3G, and then we would add an H for historical. That one's landmarked. Why? Someone did something there once. Uh, let me check. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh... The Church of the Lunar Origination says that's where God stood at the creation. 
He took the dirt out of that crater to make the earth, apparently. Um, I hear you. Um, I mean, not, not to be contrary, but the earth is pretty big. And that crater's not all that sizable. I'm way ahead of you. All you have to know is you can't touch that one, or God help you. Uh, quite literally, in this case. Right. Now take that grade 7F over there. Large, smooth edges, shallow grade. That one is in the Tranquility City view shed and has been designated by Tranquility City as a surface geographical cosmetic ornament. We call that kind an SGCO. Say what? It just means someone important has a view of it outside their window. They think it's pretty and it reminds them they're on the moon. No more to it than that. I would confess I do think that one is rather special, especially that little ripple uplift around the near side catches the light rather nicely. I can, I can see that, yeah, uh, nice. Okay, so the one we have to deal with today is this one over on the right. Yeah, it's that rather plain grade 2F there, not too big, low rim, shallow inner slope, no distinguishing features, a bit of a dull puppy all around. Not hard to see why no one took an interest. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay, good. Uh, one thing, uh, before we fire up the dozer and take this crater to its eternal rest, what I like to do, it's a, it's a personal thing, mind you. Um, you may think it's a waste of time, but it, it doesn't take long. No worries. I'd like to take a moment to pay a bit of respect to this crater that soon will no longer be with us. Okay. So, for ten seconds or so, we just want to think about this crater's place in the universe. It's millions, maybe billions of years old. Makes you think. Okay. So, Crater, we just wanted to take this time to uh, acknowledge you, to respect your place in this unknowable cosmos, and to thank you for being here, a part of the moon, our home, and for doing your part in helping make it a special place for so long with such a distinctive and varied surface topology. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's take a moment of silence. Uh, what's that? Oh, brace for shock, we got incoming. What is it? Wow. That, my boy, was a small meteor. And analysis says its impact uh, just made a brand new grade 4F crater over there to the left, about 300 meters. I'll be. Do we just fill that in now as well, as long as we're here? Oh, my, no. Once we finish the crater on this morning's work order, we have to call in, get the okay to be out another hour or so, and go over there and do a new crater survey. And we go back, submit the paperwork, see what they want to do about it. With that in mind, I guess it's time we got moving. One thing about being a crater filler on the moon, son. Yeah? You've got guaranteed job security. Let's fill in this doggy. Finally, whenever you go to work, you usually have co-workers you have to deal with. What will that be like in outer space when you may have to be cooped up with them for months or years at a time? Let's tune into a group on a spaceship about to head off on a long voyage and find out. <coughs> Shh. <laughs>
So, Daniel, welcome aboard the ice hauler, Josephine. Thanks, Captain. Howdy, y'all. I'm Josephine, the ship's AI. I'm sure we'll get along swimmingly. Uh, Thank you, Josephine. She may not be a big boat, but she's proud, and our little crew works like a finely oiled machine. I'll do my utmost to fit in, sir. Is that the new co-pilot? Is he an idiot? The last one was an idiot. I have to mop here, new person. Lift your right foot. Oh, sorry. I, um... Left foot. I don't know if he's an idiot. He didn't say. Daniel, are you an idiot? Not that I'm, um... Just keep out of my way. This ship will stay clean even if I have to kill everyone aboard and throw them out the hatch. That's Francesca. She's the cook and housekeeper. You'll like her. This is the engine room calling. Is that the captain? Did you get the tank and number three reactor shielding fluid I asked for? I got everything that was on the list, Mike. Daniel, that's Mike, our engineer, down in the engine room. Captain, the truck was unloading the tank of uh, reactor shielding fluid just as we arrived. It's sitting right out there on the dock. What did you say? Who's that talking? I can't hear myself think down here. Shut up while I talk to the captain. Captain, what do you mean, write it down? You forgot to get the reactor shielding fluid, didn't you? I only told you like 50 times. Tons of it were just delivered. It's right outside the door. Daniel, don't interrupt while I'm talking to my crew. A co-pilot should be seen, but not heard. Okay, but... A captain has to manage his crew with care, and that means making sure they observe all ship rules and procedures. The rule is, Mike, before we go to port, everyone writes down what they need on the list on the refrigerator. There's even a pen next to the list on the string. That way, when I go to port, I know what to buy. All you have to do, Mike, is drag your fat backside up here, pick up the pen, and write down whatever the hell it is you need. But I suppose that it involved too much effort. Are you deaf? I told you like 50 times. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking to the void. Well, Mike, I guess they never taught you how to read nor write in whatever sad excuse for a daycare center for useless dolts you attended to receive your training. They certainly didn't teach you much about taking care of a ship or personal hygiene. Captain, wouldn't it be easier at this point to just tell them you got it? And they couldn't have had any physical education or sports on the curriculum. Maybe a sitting, sleeping, and whining team. You could have meddled in the solar system Olympics in that. Captain, the tank of reactor fluid is sitting practically right outside the door. I can just step outside and... You and that stupid list. I ask you for one damn thing. One thing, but no. My captain's got the memory of a goldfish. Needs everything written down. We should just pin a note to your coat whenever you go into port, just in case you get lost, that says, please return this useless excuse for a ship's commander to the ice hauler, Josephine, because you don't want this fool hanging around your planetary body, taking up any oxygen. If you could see me now, Mike, you'd see I'm playing the universe's tiniest violin. Captain, as long as we're just standing here, do you mind if I go out and see about getting that tank loaded? I don't need much in this life, God knows. A few crusts of bread, a little hole under the reactor to sleep in. Here Here we we go. go. Here we go. I slave away in a cramped, dirty engine room for months on end. Don't you lay the condition of the engine room at my door. 
you don't ever let me in there to clean. The rats won't even go in there. Rats? If I let you in here, you try to scrub down the plutonium core, cause a meltdown and kill us all. Well, I'm sure it's filthy. And speaking of your lack of cleanliness, Mike, if you ever do decide to come up here to the depths of the living, we'll need an hour's notice to clear out the bridge and seal the hatches. Your odor always trips the biohazard alarm. The ship gets very confused. That is correct. I do. Making excuses as always, Captain. Well, if the reactor blows because the shielding fluid ran dry and we all die, we'll know whose fault it was. Captain, what exactly is our scheduled slot for takeoff? Aren't there a number of things we should be doing about now? When exactly was it the last time you bathed, Mike? Was that three years ago when you accidentally flooded the reactor room? Probably because you thought that big red emergency button was kind of pretty, and you just wanted to see what it would do. Uh, if you guys don't need me for anything else... Right I didn't moment... give you permission to leave, Daniel. Stay put. And you never change your uniform, Mike. We got you tan, and you always wear the same damn one. Those coveralls are rotting off your body. Just as well you didn't put them in the hamper. I think they'd break the washing machine. They're so far gone, I don't even think they'll burn. We should probably find some remote asteroid and bury them with a sign warning future generations. I like these coveralls. I've got the pockets broken in just right. If you're right foot, new person, I have to mop here. Didn't you just do that? Left foot. Are we going to, like, you know, get ready for takeoff anytime soon? Or... Camp Dan is currently suspended on account of an important crew consultation. Well, listen to Mr. Newbie Chatterbox. Who gave you permission to speak anyway? What were your qualifications again? We don't let just anyone into this crew. This is a crack outfit. Top rated. No slouchers. Well, you've seen all my certificates. I was first mate on a barge doing the Mars run for four years. I took command a lot of times, and I did most of the piloting, frankly. It was a lot bigger ship than this one. Oh, so the Josephine is too small for you then. Who is saying I'm too small? I bet his head's so big it won't fit through the hatches. The subject Daniel appears to be pale, shallow chested, and has one leg several millimeters shorter than the other. It is said he is an idiot. A thorough mental and physical examination is required before he can be accepted into the crew. You insult this ship, Mr. Fancy Pants, and you'll be out of a hatch before you can say Flash Gordon was a useless butthole. What we mean to say, Daniel, is it's going to be a long voyage. And how are you going to prove to us you're worthy of the Josephine? Well, I guess, um... What are you, mute? Speak up. The subject Daniel appears to have difficulty speaking. I will schedule a thorough analysis of his verbal and written expression ability. He's another idiot. You sure can pick him, Captain. You mean, do I think I can fit in with you guys? If that's as good as you can come up with, I guess. All right. Um, well, give me a second here. Uh... The subject appears to be hesitant. His ability to react to emergencies is in question. I think if you're asking me whether I'm up to it mentally... Uh, uh, yes? Judging by what I've heard so far, uh, compared to the rest of this crew and this ship, I'd say I'm a total genius. <laughs> Well, I never. And I think any engineer that can't bother to write things down is probably incompetent. And if he doesn't want to come up to where real people work and live, he could at least try texting a list of what he needs on his phone, assuming he's ever learned how to use one. Well, 
As for you, Captain, based on the fact that you seem to be barely able to perform even the simplest chore without becoming distracted, I would be uneasy staying on this ship another second except for the fact that I know that the Josephine is fully automated and all you really have to do during the entire trip is tell her where we're going. And I assume I'll actually be the one doing that for you just to make sure you don't get absorbed in reading a text and we end up in the middle of the sun. As to you, Francesca, if you ever come near me again with that goddamn mop, I'll brain you with it. Oh! And finally, Josephine. Yes? Shut up. If I want your opinion, I'll ask for it. Will that do, Captain? I guess you'll do. I'm cool. I've seen worse. Subject accepted. Welcome to the crew, Daniel. If someone can help me, I'll get that reactor shielding fluid aboard. I have to go to my cabin right in my log and have a lie down. It's been a long day. Daniel, I'm sure you'll be fine getting us underway. I have to go to the galley and start supper. I've got a bad back. Well, that tank is pretty big. Is there a forklift or a... I don't think I can... And what's on the menu tonight, Francesca? Protein roast, jumbo fungal sprouts. Well, Josephine, it looks like we're on our own. Daniel, would you like assistance loading that little old tank of reactor shielding fluid? Well, Josephine, that's very nice of you. I'm really not sure you could... I'd be happy to help. Oh, fine. Sure. Start and tank loading sequence. Daniel, you may supervise through the hatch window. Uh, okay. Extending robot arm. Engaging with tank. Opening exterior reactor access hatch. Open and react to shielding fluid tank. Start an ingestion of reactive fluid. <laughs> Excuse me. Discarding tank and port recycling receptacle. Exterior reactor access hatch closing. Sequence complete. Thank you very much, Josephine. You sure are welcome. I guess we should start the countdown. Uh, where is it we're going, Josephine? We start out picking up ice in Port Bido. Then we take a saunter on down to Clark Station, take on supplies. And then we head on out to the asteroid belt to make a few stops on out there. Those people out there are a mite parched. And they got all this precious metal just lying around that they don't know what to do with. Might as well buy a bit of ice from us. Thank you, Josephine. Go on now and get us ready. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Tales from the Moon. If you're curious to hear more about future lunar culture, how the Earthlings and the people of the moon get on after a rather rough reacquaintance, and what exactly happened to, well, all of us on Earth back in the past, tune into our next episode of Tales from the Moon, which should appear in roughly two weeks. And if you feel enlightened by this podcast and think it might lead to the cultural betterment of others, please tell a friend. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a review. This is Eric T. Brandenburg, signing off until next time. To keep up with events on the moon, go to www.talesfromthemoon.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at Podcast on Instagram at Tales from the Moon, and on Facebook at Tales from the Moon Podcast. Tales from the Moon is produced, written, and performed by Eric T. Brandenburg, thanks to zapsplat.com for the music and sound effects. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.